And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick. And their diseases left them. And the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Siva were doing this. But the spirit, evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? <laughs> and the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. <clears throat> and this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. And fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <coughs> I invite you to stand now as respect for the words of Christ that come to us from the Gospel of Mark, the fifth chapter. Sorry for the coughing, guys. It's the cedar or something in the air. So. They came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there he met out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he replied, My name is legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs in the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed, and in his right hand, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. And he was getting in the boat, and the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends, and tell them how much the Lord has done for you, and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away, 
and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. You may be seated. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. We can say that now. It's afternoon. Um, as we're in this series, if you were at the 11 o'clock on Sunday, I mentioned this quote, but C.S. Lewis, he writes this, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors inhale uh, a materialist or a magician with the same delight. He also says, which I think is a very more simple way to paraphrase what he just said, you can give the devil too much or too little attention. There's a tension that we walk as we follow Jesus of, of dealing with the evil in this world. And... Um, this series, Walking Through Get Behind Me Satan, looking at Satan in the scripture, it's, it's a challenge because it forces us to deal with passages in the Bible that often we read and go, that's weird, and then we just kind of move on. And I don't know where you fall on the spectrum of materialists or magician, where maybe you just think all of this talk about the devil and the evil one and unclean spirits is just kind of silly and fairy tales. And the, these are just stories. Like you may even believe that the scriptures are true, but you're like, oh, those, those people, they were so dumb 2,000 years ago, right? That's chronological snobbery that C.S. Lewis calls that out. Or maybe... You are like, oh, I can't wait till they do this series because you, you're almost too interested in this stuff where you, you think the devil is behind every little bushel trying to get you. Anytime you do something wrong or sinful, you're like, the devil made me do it. You can fall somewhere on that spectrum. And for me, it depends on the day. It depends like on which side of the bed I woke up. If I'm like, oh, this is all foolish or, oh, the devil made me do it, right? It depends on the day for me. But this passage, um, there's two really bizarre passages from the Acts and from Mark. I'm going to focus on the Mark one because it's less bizarre. But there's still, there's a, a theme running throughout it. But this passage from Mark, it sounds more like uh, the opening scene of a horror film than it does a sec sacred piece of, of scripture that we believe is inspired by the word of God. It opens with Jesus and his disciples. They get out of a boat, and it says immediately this man with an unclean spirit, which we would in our vernacular say possessed by a demon, sees Jesus far off, and he begins to run up to him. And then Mark records that this man falls down before Jesus. Now this man had been kind of roaming the tombs outside of town, wandering through the mountainside. Mark records that he had this supernatural strength that the townspeople would try to chain him up because they were he was terrifying the townspeople and he would burst out of the chains. And he would go through the countryside screaming and crying out, says day and night, and he would take stones and cut his flesh. And this man with supernatural power, supernatural strength, 
bleeding from self-inflicted wounds, Mark says, comes before Jesus and falls. And the word that, that is used there can easily and should be translated as, as worshipped or prostrated himself before Jesus. So imagine this man, bloody and crying out, falling down before Jesus. And this is what the man, or we'll come to see the demons inside this man says, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? What? This demon-possessed, filled with unclean spirits, sees Jesus, falls down, prostrates before him, and calls him son of the most high God. And he says, I adjure you by God, do not torment me. This man seems to be possessed by these demons and he or the demons that is possessing this man, I mean, it's hard to tell which is which, recognizes Jesus and calls him the son of the most high God. We see this in the passage from Acts where this demon says, I know Jesus, I recognize Paul, but who are you? It seems that these, these demons know Jesus. And Pastor Danner pointed out to us um, last on Sunday as we kind of kicked off this series that, that the scriptures teach us that Jesus was there when, this, when the Satan, when the evil one was cast out of heaven and thrown down to earth. Jesus knows the devil and the devil knows Jesus. And this man is, is uh, uh, and Jesus, when he says, um, he, he says, what is your name? <laughs> Who are you? And it says, we are legion. We are many. It's, it's just this idea of like thousands upon, like, we don't know, just all these unclean spirits are tormenting this man. And then Jesus uh, uh, speaks to the legion and, and says, be gone, cast them out of them, just with his words. And, and, and then, uh, then if you didn't think this story was weird, this is where it starts to get weird, right? The demon doesn't beg or plead or be like, ah, it's not like what we see in the movies where we see, ah, it's very peaceful. This, this man is before him, prostrates himself before Jesus. Jesus says, who are you? He answers back and he says, all right, leave this man. And then the, the demons say this, send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. <laughs> They're like, okay, what is going on here? And Jesus, it says, Mark says he gives them permission all of this is showing that Jesus has power and authority over the evil one, over his legions. And then Jesus grants them permission, sends them into the pigs. The pigs run off the cliff and die. End scene. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This is a weird story. What is going on? on here what what is happening this pig uh part should 
make you kind of your attention kind of perk up if you're familiar with kind of the history and, and what's going on with God's people at this time. Now, there's two ways we can read into this. I read several commentaries on this. And so we're going to land somewhere. I'm going to tell you where I think we're going. So when you hear pigs and Jews, you're, you should be like, hmm. I was talking to someone in the restroom right before. I was like, what are we preaching on? I'm like, I don't know. No. Uh, and I told him the passage, and he goes, uh, I want to know why all those Jews had all those pigs, right? Because they're Jewish. Pigs are unclean. So there's commentaries where they fight tooth and nail saying these were Jewish people that had pigs and they had these unclean animals and God was bringing their ju- his judgment upon them for having these unclean animals and cast them into the ocean. Then there's other commentators who love the Bible say these were Gentiles. There were no Jews there, but yet they were still had these unclean animals and he throws these demons into them and you have these two people who go, which one do you got to pick? And I'm going with these were Jews. This is why, because Jesus was called, his first ministry was called to the house of Israel, the Jewish people. And often when he goes to the Jews to proclaim the kingdom, that the Messiah is here, what do they do? Do they go, awesome, great. They go, no, they reject him time and time again. In this story, you have these demons who are acknowledging who Jesus is. You are the son of the most high God. And then you have the townspeople. You have the, the, the herdsmen who are rejecting who Jesus is. Once again, the, the house of Israel rejecting Jesus for who he is. Because Jesus, the story goes on, he heals the man. And the man is, is sitting there after the herdsman goes and tells the crowd, look at this This guy who was out of his mind is now in his right mind. He's sitting here. He once was naked. Now he's clothed. And the the townspeople don't go, Hallelujah, a miracle. Our brother is restored. No. And they were afraid. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. What does Jesus do? He gets in a boat and he leaves. He he takes their requests seriously. He respects their will, their humanity enough to reject the Messiah. And he's like, okay, I'll leave. He gets in a boat and leaves. So what does this mean for us in this season of Lent? This story also brought to mind the the story of Peter and Jesus. And Jesus is telling Peter that he has to go to Jerusalem to die. And what does Peter say? Say this with me. Get behind me, Satan. He rebukes Peter because Peter, he says, has his mind set on things of man, not on things of God. These townspeople had their minds set on things of man, not on things of God. Think about it. 2,000 pigs, an entire herd is cast into the ocean and drowned. Your economy is done. (laughs) Right? Like, their livelihood is gone. 
They had their minds set on things of man, not on things of God. These demons acknowledged who Jesus was. And the townspeople refused to acknowledge who he was. Now, this may sound crazy, blasphemous even, but out of all the characters in this story, I think one of the the better uh, peoples to look at for faithfully responding to Jesus is not the townspeople. It's the unclean spirits. (laughs) Think about it. They came, I just saw some of your eyes go, we need a new pastor. (laughs) The demons see Jesus from far off. They run up to him, prostrate down before him, acknowledge who he is, son of the most high God. Jesus has some interaction with them. Jesus tells them what to do. The demons are like, okay, they're running the pigs and they die. Story's over. And the townspeople reject him. They tell him to leave. Be gone. We want nothing to do with you. Think about our own lives. If we're honest, our daily actions or inactions often communicate the same thing. Jesus, please leave us alone. Please, I don't want anything to do with you. I'd rather bring my own kingdom than join you in your kingdom mission. Just like the townspeople saw salvation come to their village. They saw a man who was possessed by the devil cutting himself, crying out day and night. Suddenly, after interacting with this Messiah sitting there in his right mind. And they go, no. No. Leave us. And Jesus honors their request. That should scare us. That should scare us that Jesus honors our request. He won't force himself upon you. He honors the will in us to reject him day in and day out. We pray every single week, every time, almost every time we gather, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. But yet our lives look more like our kingdoms come in this world. And Jesus says, okay. But, okay, the demons weren't the most faithful ones in the story. Don't worry. Don't be like the demons. <laughs> There's another man, the man who is healed. What happens to him? The man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. So you have the townspeople begging Jesus to depart. And as, this, as Jesus is honoring the request and he's climbing into the boat, this man who had experienced the mercy of the Messiah, the Son of the Most High God, runs to him and begs, Jesus, can I please go with you? Then this happens. And he did not permit him, but said to him, 
Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. See, the demons acknowledged Jesus as Lord. They even obeyed Jesus as Lord. But it wasn't from a place of faith and trust. The townspeople flat out rejected Jesus. But you have this man who encountered the mercy of Jesus, who had physically been healed. His life has been restored to him. Salvation had come upon him. And he begs, I just want to be with you, Jesus. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You need to go back to your townspeople. You need to go back to your friends and proclaim all I've done to you. And the man is obedient. He too acknowledges who Jesus is, but it's from a place of faith and trust. We don't know what happened to the townspeople. Mark records that he goes back and and the man proclaims and everyone marveled. And the word marveled in Mark's gospel is kind of like, huh, wow. Doesn't mean they believed. They, They may have been amazed. They may have been wowed. But we don't know if they continue to live in their rejection or come to receive the salvation that came upon their town. But Jesus didn't give up on the townspeople because he sent someone to them to proclaim the gospel to them. So in this Lenten season, it's a season, it's a time where, where we as a church, we get to take stock, take inventory of our own lives and see where do we align with the, the townspeople, with Peter, where we reject Jesus and and his power and his authority in our lives. See, the demons couldn't reject. Jesus has complete control, control power over the evil one. But yet you and I can reject him and he'll honor that. And some days we are faithful Praise be to God. And some days we aren't. It's when we throw ourselves upon the mercy of God and acknowledge who he is in Christ and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Please don't leave me. Continue to call me to yourself. So in this Lenten season, may... May we, as we confess our sins, be reminded that that Jesus continues to pursue us and come after us, even when we are rejecting him. He doesn't force himself upon us, but he woos us. He calls to us, continually standing there saying, come, return to me. Join me in my kingdom efforts in this world. Proclaim the good news. So my prayer for each of us in this Lenten season is that that we continue to grow in our obedience, not out of fear, not out of um, trembling, 
but in response to the mercy and the love and the grace that Jesus shows to us day in and day out, and that we too may go to our friends and proclaim. We pray that they do more than marvel, but that they too recognize who Jesus is in this world and in their lives. Come Holy Spirit. Amen.